This is the We the People, Our American Story podcast. My name is Tina McCafferty. Join me every week to hear the remarkable stories of veterans, combat survivors, first responders, and American patriots in their own words. If you are pro-freedom and pro-America, you are in the right place. We the People, Our American Story is the podcast for Americans who fiercely and unapologetically love America. Welcome to another episode of We the People, Our American Story. I have a fun guest today. His story is different from any of the other guests that I have had so far. Please welcome Dave Woodbridge. Dave, hello. Hi, how you doing? You can hear from the way that Dave is speaking. He's not from the United States, I don't think, right, Dave? No, I'm from Texas. I'm from Texas. <laughs> no, I'm from England. I'm from uh, the United States of England, as I like to call it, or the 51st state. Which the is, United uh, States of, of England. A lot of people in England call it the 51st state. They say we're, we're an artificial limb hanging off of a president. <laughs> and where is that in England? Where, whereabouts am I from in England? Uh-huh. Uh, well, the last place of origin that I lived was West London. Uh, little, a town called Hounslow right there by Ealing but I lived in Bournemouth which is on the south coast and then I, I've lived all over the United Kingdom to be honest with you on the south coast the east coast like the Midlands I've lived up north a little while so I'm very well rounded in where I've lived in England I, I think that's why I'm so unique because I've got so many different influences from different cities that I've lived in. Did you um, have any interest in America growing up? I think everybody did I think America's always been this place that um, it's like the promised land, the chosen land, the land of the free. It's like where if you're going to go to make something happen, you're going to go to America to make it happen. It's always had that uh, mystique and magical vibe about it. So um, I grew up obviously watching uh, American TV. I remember in my late teens, we used to sit up and watch the Super Bowl, even though I had no idea what was going on. I used to get absolutely hammered and just sit there and just like I, the only people that I knew were the, the Chicago Bears. Is that right? The Chicago Bears, um, the Jets. When I came to America the first time, I'd never even heard of Texas. And Texans no. were walking around. No, seriously. I thought they just knew Texas, California and New York. And that's what they thought all the United States was. Uh, California, New York, uh, Seattle, obviously, because uh, that's where grunge is from. Um, Chicago. Yeah, not Texas. So. When I got to Texas and people are like, oh yeah, Texas. I'm like, I've got no idea what you're talking about. I literally have no idea. In fact, I was working for a band at the time. Uh, their, their name is Johnny Panic. If you don't know who they are, go check them out. A uh, little band from London. They were doing, I think they did 10 dates, 10 shows in five days at South by Southwest. Prior to us coming to America, they were like, dude, you need to come with us. We need you with us. And I'm like, I've never been on a plane before. I'm still at the airport and the bass player and the drummer are grabbing my arms going, you're getting on this plane whether or not you like it or not. That was uh, March 2005, I think it was, or April 2005. And then it just snowballed from there. I ended up meeting a girl while I was out here. Uh, we ended up getting married, having a couple of kids. She moved to England for a couple of years. And then we came out for my son's first birthday. And her dad was like kind of just devastated that he wasn't going to get to see his grandkid grow up. I said, I made the promise to him that by the time we have our second kid, we'll move back to America. The next day we found out that we were having a kid. So we went back to England. I started putting the paperwork to get my permanent residency. 
And uh, within, uh, I think it was like three to six months, I was out here. So they told us that it was going to take up to a year, a year and a half, but that's because she was pregnant. Yeah, it was cool. Was there anything the first time that you came to America that surprised you? That was different uh, than what you expected besides knowing about Texas? <laughs> honestly, um, God, that's, oh, well, that's 15 years ago to remember. Are you all talk a bit funny out here? I thought it was the other way around. Right, yeah. I get in that age-old argument with people like, you talk funny. No, man, you talk funny. Like, you don't talk like I talk. You call the bathroom a loo. What's up with that? Yeah. What? No, why are cookies? Uh, what are cookies? Biscuits. Biscuits. Cookies biscuits, are biscuits. Yeah. What's up with that? Yeah. I don't know. I, you have to ask the, the English. Uh, you, ask Oxford University, they'll tell you. I, I've got no idea. But we've got slang for everything. I mean, the bathroom could be called the WC or the loo or the water room. I, I don't know. Nothing caught you off guard? Not really, because I think I'm, I'm so used to just taking things as they come. I'm so used to not having uh, too many expectations of things. I think um, I just get immersed in whatever's going on around me. I don't really think about it. I just, I'm, I'm very much a doer kind of person, you know what I mean? There was a couple of things that freaked me out. One was you have drive-through banks. What is that? No! And drive-through pharmacies? It's so we don't have to get out of the car. I know! Coming from England, I was like, the, the girl I was with at the time, she was like, yeah, we need to go to the bank. So we pull up to the bank. I'm trying to get out. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, we're going to go in the bank, aren't we? Uh, no, we're going through a drive-thru. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, drive-through banks, drive-through pharmacies, drive-through liquor stores. Oh, okay. I can see that. I, I think that was probably about the most daunting thing for me. And um, living in Texas, you know, I lived way down south from uh, Dallas. So... It was like about an hour and a half to get to anywhere. We were out in the boonies just in the middle of nowhere. So that was pretty uh, crazy. I remember saying to her, oh, I'll, I'll just walk. I don't need a driver's license. I didn't even drive before I came out to America. No? Um, no, because you, you've got public transport and everything's so close you can walk. You know? Outside of New York City, Americans, we love our cars. I'm sure you yeah, found that out. Yeah, you practically handed me a driver's license as I got off the plane, America did. Here's your passport, here's your driver's license. That was kind of that. But uh, yeah, the vastness of Texas was definitely something that I wasn't expecting, you know. But yeah, apart from the drive-throughs, I just kind of thought, God, you guys are lazy, come on. Well, I know that. That's why we're all overweight, because we just sit right. in front of the TV all day. <laughs> I don't know if you have it here in Utah, but in Texas, it's a, an epidemic that... People will go to the Walmart parking lot and they will park as close to the door as possible. And if somebody's coming out of a parking space, they will hold up that whole aisle just so that they can get that. So they don't have to do 10 steps closer to the door. That's definitely an issue here. I prefer to park further away so I can get my 10,000 steps in every day. Right, exactly. That's, that's, that's it. But yeah, apart from that, I think that's it. I mean, your food's bigger out here as well. Yes. I went back to England like five years ago because my stepdad died. And uh, while I was there, we went to McDonald's and like the burgers like this big and like you come out here, it's the size of your face. It's definitely the land of excess for sure. You know, I have spoken to a couple of different immigrants, Dave, mm -hmm. and the thing that surprised them the most, they said when they came here, is the size of the soft drinks. Right. It's a swimming pool. Do you want a side order of a cup with that swimming pool? You know? <laughs> you know who Jim Gaffigan is? I do, yeah. 
Okay. He has a little bit about McDonald's and going in and ordering right. um, a hamburger, uh, French fries, and a gallon of Diet Coke, because that's right. what we do here. How long did you live right. in Texas? Up until four months ago. That's when your idea yeah. came. What was this yeah. idea? Well, that's a long, drawn-out answer. I'll try to condense it for you. Okay. Um, so last year, I was telling people I was going to go on a road trip. And I talked to a, a guy about, like, um, you know, it's the American dream. You get on the road. That's what you do. When you're having a existential life crisis, you hit the road. That's what's been sold to the rest of the world as far as America goes. Some of your greatest movies are about road trips and picking up strangers along the way. And I'm living one of them right now. I'm, I mean, I don't watch movies anymore because I'm living a movie. So I've been talking about it for a while and I was back and forth in on it. And then um, around the middle of May, I just hit rock bottom. I'd made some bad choices and not anything illegal or anything like that, just, you know, relationship wise, uh, just, I wasn't in a great space. And um, I went out and got blind drunk all night. Uh, because I was having a really rough day um, and I came back I thought about you know what I'm so stagnant at the moment there's just no point to life this is as good as it's gonna get and then I went on TikTok and uh, there's a few TikTokers that I follow um, we'll talk about that in a minute or later on because I would like to give a shout out to them but there's one in particular her name's Valkyrie she's this girl she's got a sleeve tattoo she's such an amazing human being but when you go on her tiktoks basically people spend two or three hours asking her the same questions over and over where'd you get your tattoos and i can see the look in her eye that she gets a bit bored of it well i just happened to catch her she gets like a couple of thousand people in her rooms but the day that i went into her room there was about 50 of us and i don't know if she was aware of what was going on with me it felt like she was but i just went on there and said what is the point to all of this and she just through 60 people saw me talking and she addressed that and then I just don't see any point to this and even though there were 60 people shouting at her every time I said something she responded to me it was like she was specifically looking for me it just it blew me away because it, it was the first real interaction on TikTok that gave me this isn't just this kid's toy this is a very very powerful medium and so we sat there and uh, I kept asking her to play music and she'd play all the songs that I played. And um, there was a real connection there, even if she doesn't even remember who I am. For me, there was a connection there. She was about to leave. I said, can you just play one more song? So she played it and then she disappeared. And I went to bed and the room was spinning. I woke up the next morning with a dreadful hangover. And I just thought, I've got to do something here. Back home and people that know me know that I'm, I'm renowned for doing the stuff that other people wouldn't normally do. I'm gonna make it happen. So I got up the next morning, I realized that TikTok was a powerful medium to uh, be able to get a message out there. I remember that morning seeing some guy talking about on TikTok about the content that people have. And if you're gonna put content out there, make sure that it's worthwhile. And I was like, I'm gonna go out into America because I'm tired of listening to Americans talking about this country, about how it's this terrible place. And I'm gonna prove them all wrong because that's what I do. I like to prove people wrong. I went and told a couple of friends, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna travel all 50 states. I'm gonna deliver food. That's what's gonna fund this project. And I'm gonna show people the real America because people are being brainwashed by the news, by the media, by social media. And nobody's listening to each other anymore. And 
this country is not in such a bad state as people say that it is. People are just polarised in their own little, they can't leave their front door, let alone leave their town to go to the city, leave their state to go somewhere else. People are just, they've just lost hope. And I just thought, well, you know what? I'm going to bring that back. The American dream is not dead. I don't know who has been saying the American dream's dead, but uh, it's not, and I'll prove a point. So I got in my car 4th of July, which is the fitting day, you know, declaring my freedom. Because, you know, obviously I can't declare my freedom. Well, I mean, I could declare my freedom from England, but I do love my home country as much as I love America. So I feel like I'm English-American. So I got my car and I was like, okay, Dave, this is it. You commit to this now. You know, I got 10,000 followers before I'd even hit the road just by announcing I was going to do an Uber road trip. And it just happened in the space of a week. I had 1,000, 3,000, 4,000, 6,000. I was waking up every day and then all of a sudden it hit 10,000 and I was just like, what or it was close to 10,000 in the space of a couple of weeks of announcing this and uh so I hit the road and I drove to New Mexico and the rest is history I went New Mexico Arizona spent a brief time in LA then I went to Vegas I had a rough time in Vegas and then uh I ended up in Utah and then um Utah decided that uh, the video that I posted about loving Utah and just feeling at home here you have responded I can't even tell you the live that I had the night when my TikTok started blowing up. It took about 24 hours to get some traction on it. Um, and I got to my hotel and my video was at 35,000 views. Then it was at 40,000 views, 45,000 views. And by the end of my live, I'm like having an anxiety attack, sitting in my car, smoking cigarettes, going like, I don't know what's going on. My likes went through the roof and uh, Utah is... My statement was, I, I'm having a hard time going on to the next state. There was a minute where I almost thought that I was just going to quit and just stay in Utah. I've never felt so at home and I've never felt such a amazing and friendly vibe. And apparently Utah said thanks. And uh, every time I have a life, I get 10, 15, 20 people from Utah popping in to just say hi. And I mean, I just haven't felt so much love from a state, not not just a couple of people, a state of people. I think that's so, where I first saw you, Dave, was when right. you were doing that live. It just went mental. Whenever I have some time free, you know, I'll be back for Thanksgiving and I'm setting up some meet and greets, a bit nervous about it because I don't really know what to do for them other than just show up. And, I, you know, I, I, people do that stuff all the time. I don't know. So I'm working on that at the moment, but I've got nothing but love for this state and everybody in the state that I've come into contact with. You put me on the map. Whenever I post a video about Utah, most of them go viral. It's putting me out there. And I, just because I told you I loved your state, that's all it was. I mean, it wasn't anything special. I just made some observations. Do you have any stories that you could share about people that you've met along the way that have made an impact on you so far? Physically or on TikTok? Either way. Arizona was a real eye-opener for me. There's a couple of videos that I made. One of them was I was at a gas station and I don't remember the boy's name and he, he'd be thankful that I didn't anyway because he doesn't do social media. He reluctantly showed his hands on the camera when I was making a TikTok. Um, he was stranded at a gas station. I think he'd been smoking. I don't know what he'd been doing, but um, he needed to get home and he just comes up to me. He was like 18 years old and um, he just comes up and hey, sir, can you help me? And I'm like, well, yeah, what's up? He's like, I need to get home. I was like, well, where do you live? Oh, just over there. 
that just over there doesn't mean just over there. So, you know, I looked him up and down. I said, have you got any weapons on you? And he lifted his shirt, showed me no, nothing. I said, well, hopping in, son. So he hopped in the car and uh, we started driving. It was awkward. He was like, can you put some music on? I was like, my phone isn't attached to my Bluetooth, so not really. We just started chatting. What are you planning on doing with your life? Just at the end of it, he just like, you're a really good person. I was like, I'm just me. I just do my thing. And But that connection with him for the 30 minutes home drive, that made a real impact on me, that the state of the world and how people are so reluctant to help each other. And, you know, little old me, I'll just come along. And if I can help you, I will help you. There's a few TikTokers that have really shaped and helped me into where I am. One of them is called The, the Real Lady J. If you don't know who she is, uh, go check her out. She's a little blonde girl, big blue eyes, this amazing smile. And she goes on TikTok. She talks about politics and stuff like that. Just the way that she deals with people was so inspiring to me. The other day, somebody was trying to insult her. She just turned around and said to him, well, if you're going to insult me, can you at least make sure that you're using correct grammar and punctuation? And I was just like, no, none of this cussing or nothing like that. And then and she just does this little smile flicks her hair a bit and just goes back to what she's doing. That really helped me. And then um, along the way, I've picked up a few others. Hillbilly is a great TikToker. He uh, posted something about his life, about him going to jail and stuff like that. He's just such a good dude. And he's so genuine and real. And then there's uh, Valkyrie, obviously. You know, if you go watch her, it's painful to watch some of hers because she's got so much to offer and all she ever does is sit talking about her tattoos because that's what people want to know about and she does it night after night and it's just draining for me watching it I'll sit there for 20 minutes and I'll just be like you know if you guys really knew who this woman really was the tattoos would be the least of the things that you would be talking about so there's her and then there's one of my favorites Dixon Lane she's in New Orleans I was supposed to meet up with her but situations and circumstances didn't allow for that to happen when you go into our TikToks and watch her, she basically writes dance music, uh, trance music, and it's just like going and hanging out with her. And she's just such a great woman. She's very fun to be around. Normally does late nights. I think she's got a bit of insomnia. So uh, those people really have affected uh, the way that I do things. And I met them all while I'm on, on the road. And then my favorite one probably had the biggest impact on me overall. After the live, when uh, Utah decided to just swamp me we had like there was 60 people in the live you might have been in the live as well and uh her handles up level coaching got all these girls telling me how good looking i am or my smile or, and she's on there and she's just being very real and i just remember just seeing her typing and every time she typed it caught my eye and i just said to her i i don't know you i don't know anything about you but there's something about you that tells me that you're going to be in my support group and you're going to be on my inner circle and then we started chatting and we had a video call on um, our phones. And I was just like, why don't you come on the road with me? And she's like, uh, you don't know what you're asking right now. And I was like, well, I mean, I don't know where you're at in life. I don't, you know, I'm not asking you to marry me or anything. I'm just, I need some help here. I'm drowning. It's just not enough hours in the day to get everything done. And uh, she came on the road with me 4th of August, I think it was. We spent all of August together, she had to come back to Utah, but she pushes me and she makes me think outside the box. And when I'm doing content, she makes me look at my content again and say, what is it you're really trying to do here? There needs to be some authenticity about what you're doing. She just pushes me and I don't understand how that happened, 
but it did. And um, we're going to be going back out on the road uh, start of October together. And we're going to go hit up to more states. But yeah, she's probably been a uh, just a phenomenal woman. I don't even know how to say other than that. I mean, you'd have to meet her in person. And if you get a chance to meet her, you'll just, there's something about her. And there's something about the way that we are as people that connect so well. But she's been a huge influence on me. And then there's been other people like in the coffee shops, just meeting people while I'm out and about. I think other than those five that I've mentioned, I think I've, I've met a lot of different people in a lot of different areas of the country so far. I mean, we're 10, 11 states in now. So and everybody's got a story to tell. Yes. And uh, what, what I'm trying to do is I've been trying to get people to come on so I can film them for a bit. People are really reluctant about social media and being all over social media. And I get it. You said that you are funding this through Uber. Yeah. So is that all delivering food? And if so, that is a lot of food. Yeah. Well, let's put it this way. Since I've been on the road, I've delivered over a thousand deliveries in two months. So that's 500 deliveries a month. Uh, that's about 125 a week, if my math is correct. It's part of this. It's, it's not just, you know, I'm not a trust fund baby. Um, and I work very long hours to make sure that I can fund this TikTok thing. You know, I do 10 to 12 hours some days uh, just delivering food to make sure that there's enough funds for me as to go on to the next city. I have been scorned a little bit and because I'm stubborn. Um, I've been scorned by a couple of people to say, why wouldn't you let other people help you out? I'm like, because it's kind of defeating the purpose of what it is I'm trying to do here, that an ordinary person can go out and do extraordinary things if you put your mind to it. So that's really where a lot of this comes from is, um, you know, I'm just this English guy. I'm not a celebrity, but I'm starting to get treated a little bit like one. I'm nothing special. I'm just this dude that got drunk one night, was about ready to just end his life because he was so stagnant. It was that and bad. And yeah, it was that bad. Yeah, I just remember it, if I hadn't picked up my phone and put TikTok on and found Valkyrie, I might not be here. She. She has no idea. I, eventually, at some point, I will get hold of her and I'll just tell her. And she, I, I'm sure she'll remember because it was one of those moments in time where there was a connection there. I'm sure she'll remember, but it's primarily down to her. I was at the end of my rope. I just had enough. It wasn't like I wasn't angry at the world. I just had enough. I was just done. I just thought there's nothing more left for me. I'm 46 years old and I've accomplished almost everything that I wanted to do. When I was 16, I wanted to be in a band or work with bands. And I wanted to work for the BBC and I wanted to work in uh, music. And by the time I hit 30 and my son came along, I'd already achieved all those things. And um, a friend of mine said to me at the time, he said, you know, if you want to be a dad, you can't be on the road. He said, the first time I saw my son walk was on videotape. Okay, so I made the decision to give all that stuff up, but I got to 30 and I was like, well, what's the other plan? Well, I've always had a heart for disadvantaged kids, you know, foster care, adoption. And so when I came out here, I was doing dead end jobs for a couple of years, ended up getting a job with my then wife uh, as a foster care group home parent. And um, we made some waves there and we made some changes there. It just seems that who I am just has an impact on people. And then I gave that up. I just lost my heart for it. Just the fight was too much. You know, especially when you're on the front line and you're working for child protective services and you see some of the things that you see, you see, I don't know, child molesters that want to justify why it's okay for them to do things with their grandchildren and uh, people that want to 
kill their wife, strangle their wife in front of their kids or um, people that are just given up because they just don't see the point and they're just given into drugs through uh, life circumstances. You know, you just get to a point where you give up. I'm not a giver upper, that's for sure. You talked so. about before we started, Dave, that this is very grueling mm -hmm. and you finally got to a point recently that you had to stop for a minute, that you needed mm -hmm. to take a break. Mm -hmm. What has that taught you about your limits? I, I have ADHD. That's part of it. I'm also dyslexic as well. And I'm colorblind. Yeah, there's certain colors I can't tell. And people have made fun of me for that for years. So I, I don't know why I want to throw that in there. But um, I think that when I came out here to start this project, I came out on a whim. It was uh, throw some shit at the wall and see what happens. See what sticks. Because anything's better than what I was going through back then. I didn't really have a plan. My plan was I was going to travel the 50 states. I was going to TikTok in all 50 states to give people some interesting content and some different perspectives. And I was going to fund it with Uber. That's as far as I got. And as I've gone on, I'm visiting every major city because that's where the money is. If I'm going to fund this, I need to be in a place where I can make the money to move on to the next place. I'm not superhuman. I think it's one of the things that I've realized is I can't work 28 hour days because there's only 24 hours in the day. It was getting to the point where I'm driving for 10 hours, I'm coming home, I'm editing videos to put on TikTok, and then I'm doing a live, and I'm getting maybe two or three or four hours sleep. Julia, when she came on board, she spent, I think the first week or two just watching what I was doing. She's kind of like looking at me going like, there's easier ways to do this than what you're doing, and you're gonna burn yourself out. And so she's somebody I respect so much, and she has a way of talking to me. It's very difficult to talk to me when I'm in work mode, but she has such a way about presenting things to me that um, I really had to listen to her. And when she came back to Utah, she had family business and stuff that she got taken care of. You know, I went on from Georgia to Alabama. Don't really even understand how I upset them. Um, I, I got in there and the first delivery I got was at Winn-Dixie's. So I pull up there and I just thought it was funny that they have a Winn-Dixie's in Alabama. Um, I come to find out later that it's not actually Alabama that's called Dixieland. It's actually New Orleans. Really? So it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't as funny as I thought it was at the time. I'm stood there going like, I don't know why this tickles me. This is hilarious. And I've got a bunch of people coming on and they're going, uh, why are you trying to insinuate, boy? And I'm just like going, that you have a supermarket called Winn-Dixie's? That's it. So they're like, why are you coming here making fun of us? And I'm like, I'm not. I just thought it was amusing that you had a Winn-Dixie's in Dixieland. Oh, <laughs> I, Google tells me that's New Orleans. So anybody in Alabama, if you're watching this, I am so sorry if I offended you. And I will be back. Um, and I promise I won't make fun of you unless it's warranted. What have you learned that you will change for this next leg then so you don't get to that point of total exhaustion um i've got to learn to slow down a little bit i've got to learn to pace myself it's something i've been told my whole life i've got to pace myself i think that sometimes i'm not going to be able to do a live every single night i think um i need to figure out at least to, to be able to have one or two days off in the last week was i put my cash app id up on uh, TikTok, which I very reluctantly did because that means that I've got to ask people for help. And there's nothing wrong with asking people for help. But, but you got to look at it this way too, Dave. They are paying you for entertainment. Right. 
but you are working to get that money and putting yeah. up those videos and doing all that is work. So you are getting paid for your labor. Well, there is that, but there's also that uh, Frank Sinatra saying, I did it my way. I've talked to a few people about like, initially when I started this project, I contacted Verizon and I contacted Ford. All right, to see if they would sponsor me. I contacted Verizon because I wanted them to supply me with an extra phone that I could put on the dash of my car and call it the Verizon the Horizon. Oh, that's cool. Which is a great slogan. And and I tried to get through to a couple of people. They were just like, no, we don't do that kind of thing. So I'm like, you are losing out on a massive opportunity here. Right now I've got 13,000 followers and it's growing by the day. The mom army, as I call it, the minions of madness. Because it's the Mad Dave show. Uh, so if you're going to join my show, you're going to become one of the moms, the minions of madness, or you can join the tiny girls club or the tall girls club. Um, and I'm getting merchandise. I'm actually in talks with somebody at the moment. Um, hopefully handmade is going to hopefully do my t-shirts for me. Uh, she's busy at the moment, but um, it's actually the TikToker that I told you about late, the real lady J we've been talking backwards and there's no rush for it because it's going to take as long as it takes, but. I think that I, I am very stubborn and um, when I approached Ford and Verizon, um, when they turned around and didn't respond to me, I just thought, well, you know what, obviously I, corporate sponsorship is not something I need anyway, because this is a grassroots idea and getting corporations involved means that they can have a piece of what I'm doing and I, I'm not going to be okay with that. I'm doing this on my terms. So I think that's partially where the stubbornness has come from, but also you are right. I mean. Somebody told me a long time ago that when you deny somebody the opportunity to help them, you're denying them the blessing. So um, that's a hard pill to swallow because I'm very self-sufficient. Yeah. So I think that's the other thing. If somebody wants to help, it's actually more disrespectful for me to back back their help than to accept it. But it's, it's just a hard thing because I come 46 years in my life and I'm proud of what I've accomplished so far and uh I don't really like to take help from other people so that they can cash in on my whatever do you have a timeline on when you want to have all 50 <coughs> states completed or are you just kind of playing it by ear um initially when I started I was going to spend a week in every state all right mm. that was my, my my plan so that that would have put me at 50 weeks the way I foresee this at some point, Hawaii is going to happen and Alaska is going to happen. They'll probably be towards the end. Maybe somebody will gift me a plane ticket for me and Julia to go explore those places. I, I don't know, but I know that it will, it will come about. But um, it was supposed to be a week. And then my partner in crime over here, she decided to uh, throw a monkey wrench into it and go, why have you got to do a week in every state? Like, why has it got to be like that? And I'm like, because that's the rules. And she's like, but you make the rules. And I'm like, yeah, but that's what I decided. So she, again, in that area, she's helped me and challenged me in that. So maybe I'll spend like three or four days in the state, go to another state, then go back to that state, because I just want to get a feel for what the hum of, of each city is like, you know, for example, uh, Tennessee, Memphis, and Nashville are a country mile away from each other in vibes. I, I don't know why I love Memphis, but I do. Um, I'm not a big Elvis fan. It's got nothing to do with that kind of thing. Uh, I remember last year, the first time I went to Tennessee to see a friend of mine, as I drove through Mem Memphis, I got chills. Like I had some really? connection to that place. Yeah, like I had some connection to that place. Driving over that bridge after the long drive from Texas through Arkansas to get to Memphis, 
uh, to get to Tennessee, I just got these goosebumps. Like I've either been here before, maybe in the past, I don't know. But they're a country mile away from each other in the vibe. Arizona's got its own vibe. Uh, Georgia, they just seem to be the state of honking the horn. I don't really understand why, but it's like, if you're not off that light before the light changes, it's game over. Honk! And I'm just like, I do. Like, I just, if I was to talk about my favorite state, I would say, obviously, and don't get a big head, Utah. But uh, you are by far my favorite state. Everything I said about you in that video is true. I know you've got some haters, some people that say, oh, don't come to Utah. Utah's closed. But it's single-handedly out of the 11 states that I've been to, the greatest state. And that's including Texas, by the way. Really? Don't including let Texans Texas. hear that. Yeah, well, well, I know, but you know what, me and Texans, we've got a love-hate relationship, you know, they love to hate me, I hate to love them, so, <laughs> but um, yeah, but Utah's just been a phenomenal experience, and I stand by everything I said in that video. When I came out here initially, I was told, uh, when you get to Utah, watch out because of the Mormons, and I'm like, what is this, the, like this secret organization of Mormons that go around? bullying people and stealing their money off them and like just like oi turn your light off it's past 10 what are they like the police there's nothing like that but um utah got ragged on by a lot of people as i was going coming making my way to utah oh you won't like utah oh i do love utah actually it feels like second home to me and are uh, we the worst post- drivers no no actually, really so stop, you hear that stop, all the time stop ragging on your drivers i tell you what go drive in the middle of dallas all right and then tell me utah drivers are the worst Go drive in Atlanta City and tell me, uh, sorry, Atlanta, and tell me that um, your drivers are the worst. You will be thankful for your drivers out here. You're a bunch of laid back people, but you're polarized in your own little world. You can't see outside that. Go and experience some other states like I have. And I tell you what, I'll do a 50 uh, state review of drivers by the time I finish. The biggest gripe about Utah right now is you can't buy beer on Sunday. Well... In Texas, you can't buy liquor on Sunday. Uh, go to Nashville, all right? You can't buy liquor in certain bars. Uh, they've got two different licenses. There's some bars that just serve beer and some bars that serve beer and liquor. You, if that's your biggest worry that you can't buy beer on a Sunday, uh, I've got a really, really simple solution for you, Utah. Buy it on a Saturday, <laughs> buy it on a Friday. It's not like Sunday just comes along and everybody goes, oh my gosh, it's Sunday. It doesn't sneak up out of nowhere. You've got seven days. And out of those seven days, you've got six days to, to prepare. So just go buy it on a Saturday if that's your biggest complaint. When you, know? you are done with all 50 states, what do you want to do with all your content? Is there a plan for after? Well, I studied at London Guildhall University um, and I studied communications. I've studied it since I was... 16 i failed miserably at school because i was dyslexic for one thing dyslexia wasn't really acknowledged the way that it is and i failed school i had two teachers in my school dave reese and uh, another teacher and they wrote to the college because i went in there and i was devastated that no college was going to accept me i don't know what i'm going to do with myself don't worry about it miss wheeler was her name they both wrote to the college and said is great, a terrible, but if he can find something to apply himself to, he's going to excel at it. So I went on to college. I did video editing. I did uh, sound production. I used to work in a, in a 
a dark room. Um, I used to love that. I used to, when I used to edit videos, I used to have stacks of VCRs with all these tapes in them where we'd have to do a shot and, and you just have to sit there and queue it up. And then like now on TikTok, I can do it on my phone. It's just insane. So I started that uh, and I did script writing, obviously being dyslexic, uh, it's going to cause some barriers, but I'm very fortunate to have a couple of people in my life that get what I'm trying to say. I also have a phone now that I can dictate onto, even though me and Siri argue with each other because she can't understand me half the time. I think it's the accent thing that's going on there. Can you send somebody a text message saying, hey, how are you going? Siri, all right. Oh, he wants you to, to send him a cow. And I'm like, what are you talking about? That's not even what I said. It doesn't even sound like I'm saying that. So mine and Siri's relationship isn't the best relationships um, we, we might have to disband soon so I have a good background in communications and media and I've directed a couple of uh, music pieces and so this is the first step for me is accumulating all this stuff I'm thinking about uh, writing some scripts maybe going down it to some people because I mean I've already got interest and as it gets bigger more people are going to see what I'm going to do so um, I'll have scripts of uh, experiences that I've had out here maybe we'll make it into a drama I don't know or maybe I'll write a book about it I mean the possibilities are endless this is just the beginning for me I'm creating the Mad Dave show what comes of that I mean this is how grassroots starts if I end up big and famous great I don't want to be big and famous by any means I came out with the intention to show people a different way of life that was it I don't really want fame when I was 16 I learned to play guitar when my brother got to 16, he wanted me to teach him to play guitar. And he said to me, we should start a band. I said, I don't want to start a band. He was like, why not? I said, I don't want to be famous. He said, why not? We can make a lot of money off this. We'd be big because we've got the drive and the motivation. I'll punk rock ethics of starting music where you record music onto a CD and you go handing it out, you flyer. And that work would have been done. But I just, I didn't want to do that. Now I'm in this position where I'm getting traction of, people taking notice of me and it's not that I keep trying to tell people this isn't about me this is about this country this is about all of us I'm just the vehicle for it I'm not a TikToker TikTok is the platform on which I'm using at the moment to get this message out there but I'm not a TikToker I'm just this guy that is looking at the world and wants to make it a better place and open people's eyes to the absolute bullshit that's been spread throughout the world out of the country, you know. I mean, you know yourself, you see it. I'm sure you sit there just like I do and you watch the news. That thing with Joe Biden, for example, you know, you've got like people coming on saying he's insulted 74 million people. No, he actually didn't do that. You didn't listen to it. You heard a snippet of what he was saying and you blew out of context. And for one thing, you got the facts wrong because it's not 74, it was 81 million people if he was trying to offend them. People get on there and go, oh, he's the devil. And I'm like, if you see my last video, I don't know if you did about the devil and the devil coming back according to the christian bible there has to be seven years of, of peace before that happens now i don't know if you've seen it tina but i haven't seen seven years no. of peace yet so that the other thing is is uh that the devil is going to be somebody everybody's going to adore well yeah. nobody adores joe biden and think about the concept of the devil for a minute there right if you're the devil right and you can do anything and you can look any possible way i doubt he's going to look like joe biden i wouldn't pick joe biden is the identity crisis that we have here in America, is that different? I mean, does Great Britain, is there an identity crisis there? Absolutely. Absolutely. From what I've figured out, I mean, if anybody British is watching this, this is just my opinions. Don't get offended. All right. I'm not trying to start nothing. I love my country as much as I love America. I am 
schizophrenic. I'm half English, half American. I'm, I'm English American. Okay. But um, as far as the Brit exit thing going, I have no idea how that happened. I've got friends that are divided with me and they still love me, even though I think they're stupid for leaving the European Union. So that's what started it. And then you had the first prime minister step down. Then you had another one step up. And then you had Boris Johnson, this guy that has spent 20 years sleeping on the back benches, somehow excelled from that to being the mayor of London, to being running the country. I don't understand it. So yeah, England's in more of a flux than America is right now. Really? And yeah, it absolutely is. And um, I, I mean, I've got friends that I talk to back home on a regular basis and they uh, have the same attitude I do is just, just get on with it. Stop watching the news. Stop uh, letting these people tell you how you should be living your life or what should be going on. You live your own life. Politics doesn't matter to an extent. It's these people that stand up there and they talk a bunch of rubbish. Just so you know, you Americans, I know your wheels are spinning right now because I'm telling you as an English guy, that politics in America doesn't matter. You need to calm down, all right? I've been here 16 years, I'm here legally, I pay my taxes, I have a right to say what I need to say in this country. The only thing that I can't do is not vote. So I get to say that. Back to the main broadcasting. Can you have two citizenships? Do I believe you have so. any inclination to do that? I have been going backwards and forwards on becoming an American citizen because I'm not really... I don't identify as being English any more than I do American. I'm just David. And I don't um, base my personality off of where I'm from because my experiences of the world is what's helped me form. And I've been to a lot of different places. But there's a big part of me that, because of the resilience I get from Americans sometimes when I talk about America, I really feel like I need to get my citizenship so that people will stop trying to discredit me for my opinions. I've lived here 16 years. 15, 16 years, which is a third of my life, all right? And I would consider that I'm more American than some Americans here. I consider that I know a lot more about this country than people have lived here their whole life. So I'm thinking about it and just so I can vote in the election. If someone asks me and say, Tina, what are you? No, I'll say I'm American. Dave, what are you? Um, American English. American English. Did yeah. you put American first because it starts with an A or? It just sounds better. It just sounds better. Yeah, American English. English American doesn't sound as good as American English. Um, but I would say I put it first as well because I've been here. So this is at the forefront of my life versus uh, England. England, I, I love the, the country. Um, and another thing that we've been talking about is uh, after this, what, what next? Yes. Well, I'm, I'm going to go back to England for three, six months. I'll show you England next if I can make it happen. Okay. Maybe by the time this is done, I'll get some people that will see what I'm doing and want me to show them my country. And then maybe we'll go to France. Maybe we'll go to Europe. I don't know. I mean, the lists are endless. I'm at a very exciting point in my life. And I just keep coming back to the same thing. This all came because I got drunk one night and I'd had enough. And now all of a sudden I'm looking at a very, very different world from what I could have possibly imagined. I don't know, but uh, yeah, American English, I'd say definitely American English. And I'm proud to be half American, half English. Even if I get my citizenship, I will still be half American, half English. I love this country. So it's a great country. And I think that um, it's about time Americans woke up 
and started smelling the coffee as it were because you're too stagnant too polarized in your own little world step outside your front door and go and look at the real world because it's nothing like what's being portrayed on tv i've met some absolutely phenomenal people throughout it you know for example i was in arizona i met this guy a friend of mine helped me get some new tires for my car this guy worked his butt off to make it happen because my friend's back in texas and i was in arizona um he worked for two three hours just amazing guy went above and beyond i've met waitresses that are just amazing there's a woman in oklahoma was amazing and it's really sad that people are so angry that they can't see the beauty of this country it's, and, and it's driving me insane and it's slowly starting to make a difference especially when people come into my lives they see how i handle things you know when people come in and start talking about politics i stay away from politics for the most part it's boring some guy came in one day he was like did you vote for biden or trump you voted for biden didn't you and i was like look dude i'm going to be cool with you if you don't stop this i'm going to have to block you and he did it again and i always give people three chances and uh he did it again i said look man i'm i'm sorry like this place that i'm creating right now is a safe space all of my followers all the people that come into my chats come in there because it's just me goofing off hanging out a lot of people love the accent but for the most part it's the vibe that i create and when i get new people come in they'll be there five or 10 minutes and i really like the vibe of what you're doing here and and i'm not really doing anything except being myself we've got to stop being divided and we've got to stop for every 10 reasons you can find to hate somebody find one reason to like them and latch onto that and if you do that the next two people that you do that with are going to do that's how we change the world it's not politics that's going to change the world it's not all of those things it's how we are as people that's going to change the world around us that's the fundamentals to like it doesn't matter what's going on in the world as far as wars and stuff like that you change the world by the way that you function in it and if you don't like your landscape change your landscape there is money and there is attention in division right many people that i've spoken to and they say the same thing and they say it like you do dave but maybe in a little bit different way is that no matter what side of the aisle you find yourself on mm -hmm. we are more similar than we are different we all mm -hmm. mostly want the same things but those politicians take those little places yeah. where we're different and just use it to separate us then you get people coming on going we need to unite the country and i'm like well it's really easy to stop pissing the country off then the whole thing versus wade versus roe i get the whole argument but my point of view is very different all right it's the smoke screen all right if you overturn something like that you're going to divide people that's the only reason it happened it's got nothing at all to do with people and if once people stop reacting to that stuff that's when the change comes that's what i said in my video if you go back and watch my video about joe biden joe biden is not the devil two reasons one no seven years of peace according to the bible now if the bible's wrong we could be dealing with a whole different thing but you know a lot of people base their belief structures off of that and i think that there's things in other books that equivalent to that so no seven years worth of peace plus nobody likes biden i don't even think he likes himself but he's just up there he's a he's a figurehead don't get me wrong i'm not disrespecting the president because you know what he's got a job to do and he's no worse than any other president that's come and he's no better than any other president that's come go check out your history 
The only difference between him and Trump is Trump did it with style because he was funny when he did it. I'm not a Trump supporter any more than I'm a Biden supporter because to me, politics is bollocks. All right. Um, it's not about them. It's just, uh, you know, Trump was very entertaining and uh, just the same as Biden has done some good stuff. And if you dig under all the crap, you'll find some good stuff that he's doing just the same as Trump did, just the same as Obama did, just the same as Reagan did, just the same as uh, any of the other presidents that you can think of. They were all good and they were all bad in their own way. Well, he's the worst president in history. Well, then that makes every other president the worst president. In fact, you said that about Trump when he was in power. You said that about Obama when he was in power. You said that about both of the Bushes when they were in power. They're the worst president. Make your mind up. What are you using your baseline to say that he's the worst president? He's not. He's just a president. He's out there doing the best he can in a terrible situation. He might be making it a bit worse. He might be making it a bit better, but he's just a human being. He's not Christ. He's not a superhuman being. He's just a human being. But, you know, people were jumping on going, oh, he's the devil. So there's the two reasons. One, no seven years of peace. Two, nobody likes him. You know, so all of you doomsdayers out there, they'll stockpiling your weapons and your food, waiting for the end of the world to come. It's not coming in the next seven years. You've got at least seven years to prepare for it. It becomes to a all out war, we'll be dead anyway because they can drop atom bombs on us. You seen Nagasaki and Hiroshima? I always uh, tell my kids if they see the mushroom cloud to run towards it because you don't want to right. be here for the after. Right. I'm like, just run towards the pretty cloud because you don't want to be here for the burns, for the cancer, for all that stuff. Or just get a gun and just... One of the main principles that I live by is actually from Mahatma Gandhi. He said, even in the minority of one, the truth is still the truth. All right, if you go and look up that quote, the whole thing, it's an amazing quote that he made just about people are going to hate on you regardless of, but the truth is still the truth. And that's something that I live by that. Um, I, I don't necessarily live by my truth. I just live by what I believe is the truth. I don't own the truth. It's how I function in the world. We're just being brainwashed and we just got to stop it. And then you have people like you, independent people that come on and bring people on and help promote the world being a better place, you know? And I'm very thankful for the opportunity to come and hang out with you for a little while. Well, that's so sweet, Dave. We can find you on the Mad Dave Show mm -hmm. on TikTok and you are in the process of setting up a YouTube channel. Yeah, I've got YouTube and I've got Instagram. Um, I don't do Facebook at the moment. I need something for myself and I need to protect my family and my friends from this because uh, I don't know how big this is going to get. And I try to keep that side of it separate because you know my kids don't need to be going to school and people know who I am and then them getting bullied because of me goofing off on TikTok it's actually my son's idea two years ago he said to me he said dad you should get on TikTok people are going to love you and I was just like I've got nothing to say and it, and it took me two years to find something to say well oh, that just goes that. with your whole thing that everybody has a story mm. are you on mad dave show on Instagram and is that what your YouTube will be as well yeah, I think that it's uh, the Mad Dave show on Instagram and on uh, YouTube as well. I'm very fortunate. But um, yeah, the Mad Dave show is on uh, YouTube. It's on Instagram and it's on TikTok right now. Do you, do um, you have videos on YouTube already? I've been trying to work to get to it, but um, I just haven't had the chance. Mad Dave show page is on 
there, but it hasn't got anything right yet except the bio. I want to start uploading some of the live feeds that I've got because there's some really great ones. Me in the kitchen was really funny the other day. At one point, I put some A1 sauce on my steak while I'm cooking it, so it sinks into the meat. People were going, oh, you should have the Mad Dave cooking show where you go to different states and cook for people. I'm like, that's a really good idea. But like at the moment, this is more of a social experiment. But, you know, I think one of the beautiful things about this drunken idea that I had out of frustration as it's just evolving. You don't need to watch a movie anymore. Come to my TikTok page and you will see a daily movie. So it started out me on the verge of just ending it to me getting in my car to driving across four or five states to meeting an absolute stranger, somebody I'd never met before. And I would say that she's my best friend. When I initially started out on this journey, I wasn't interested in letting anybody in. I wanted to do this all on my own stubbornness that I told you about earlier on. And then this amazing woman just walks into my life. And, you know, the last month we've been getting closer in a lot of ways. And I think part of me taking a bit of time off was to reevaluate how I wanted to do this because she for the last month has been such a big part of the Mad Dave universe that I'm creating that um, it kind of didn't feel right in some respect because we had such a blast last month. I meet her um, and uh, the connection that we've built over the last month, it's the kind of thing that somebody sits down in a room and writes a story about. It's not something that normally happens in real life. I know that she's got my back, I've got her back. When we've talked to family and they've said to us, uh, who are you and all that lot. And I'm just worried about her. I said, you shouldn't be worried about her. You shouldn't be worried about what I'm going to do to her. What you should be worried about is what we might encounter out on the world in the 50 states, because we're going to 50 states, anything could happen. So parts of our family are now part of the safety infrastructure and that I share locations with people so that if they ever get an SOS message, it'll be a group text message saying SOS, all they'll need to do, they don't call us, you call the police, you tell them exactly where we are. All right, that's what needs to happen. You shouldn't be worried about what I'm going to do to her other than take care of her and have a great time with her. You should be worried about things that we may or may not encounter. And I'm not going to be skeptical, but I'm also not going to live in a fairyland that nothing could happen. People say, when you go to Chicago, you're probably going to get shot. And I said to them, well, if that's the case, then here's what's going to happen. If I survive it, I'm going to take the bullet and I'm going to auction it off on TikTok for my viewers. It's a very exciting time. And I think anybody that follows us long enough it just has the effect that we want it to, which is changing people's views. Two strangers can meet each other. The world isn't that evil that you can't meet a stranger and become best friends. And that's what we're doing. We're best friends in this situation. The way that she handled herself, that was her first exposure to the Mad Dave show. The police pulling us over, asking us ridiculous questions. Probably next month to do a TV interview about what we're doing, which is a bit crazy. Cause again, it's just the surrealist sitting here talking to you right now. I'm just this nobody really, but apparently I'm becoming somebody. Dave, I yes. have a question for you that will be interesting okay. from your viewpoint. Oh. What does America mean to you? Um, freedom. I'm exercising my a right to freedom here. A lot of people say that we're not free anymore, that we've lost our rights. You haven't lost your rights. You know, take Wade versus Roe. If you, the only way that you lost your right is if you're planning on having 20 abortions. There's a lot more to it. Please don't get offended by it. Please don't cancel me. I've just started. Freedom to do things. It is a country of the land of dreams. Dare to think big. Dare to step outside and do it. And it will happen. I mean, I'm a classic example. I'm living the American dream right now. It's not just the tour in 50 states. I'm 
creating something and uh, America is responding because this is what this country's founded on, among other things for me, is the idea that anything is possible if you put your mind to it. I'm an English guy in America and I'm living your dream for you. So if I can do it, you don't have to do as big as I do. You don't have to get in your car and drive. I mean, it's that's why it's called the Mad Dave Show, because what I'm doing right now is crazy. Well, what about gas prices? Well, what about them? Where there's a will, there's a way. And you know why if gas prices go up to $10 a gallon, this is not going to stop what I'm doing. So um, I think that that's really the main thing for me. It's the land of dreams if you want it. And um, I, all I've got is a cell phone and a car. That's all I've got. And now I've got almost 14,000 people following me in the space of two months. I mean, most people don't get more than uh, like a thousand followers in the first couple of months and I've got 14,000 and it's growing every day. If you want it bad enough, all right? It doesn't have to be something crazy like this. You know, look at the world you are living in and change the perspective. You've got the freedom to do that in this country. And you have the, a lot of amendments and a lot of rights you know, maybe some of them have been taken away, but the reason why your rights have been taken away is because you've been abusing them. It's not because the government's trying to do what they did. I think in um, Alabama, you're not allowed to own seven dildos, right? If that's the case, there was something going on in Alabama that you're not allowed to own seven of them. Maybe they got into a dildo fight. I don't know, all right? The same as in, um, I think it's Wisconsin or somewhere like that. You can't go fishing on the back of a giraffe. It's a law in one of your states. You can't go fishing. If you don't believe me, Google it. All right. And it's true. It's like if some, obviously, maybe they had like fishing on the back of giraffe parties and a giraffe got damaged or something like that. And they were like, this is becoming a problem now. You keep stealing them out of the zoo. We've got to protect the giraffe. You know, if your rights are being taken away, it's because uh, enough people have abused that right that something has to be done about it. I'm sorry to break that to you, but that's the truth, you know? It's not because, you know, we talked earlier, so I'm kind of contradicting myself a little bit in some respects, you know, there's a lot of us trying to divide each other, but there's also a lot of abuse going on. Like the, the whole gun issue at the moment, right? Don't take my guns away. Well, stop being an idiot with them. Stop leaving them around so your kids can go and shoot up other kids. All right, it's really simple, but it's the minority state of mind in social consciousness that is causing these problems so the majority of people that are doing what they're doing we have to slow the train down to cater to the slowest members of society is what's going on and as a result of that people are getting angry well instead of getting angry at the government is changing the rule because some, you need to do something in your life to, so that's i mean that's what america's about for me is that it's, it is the land of the free and if you can't see that you are an enemy to yourself not to the state, not to the country. You are the person that is holding yourself back from doing great things. You are the person that is, it's not the government that's stopping you, it's you and your limited polarized state of mind that is causing the problems. So that's what America means to me. It is truly a free land and um, I'm living a life that I never thought I would live because I dared to take a chance. Nobody's funding me right now. I'm doing this on my own. I work long hours. All right. I'm an average Joe, just like everybody else. I get out there. I grind to make sure I've got a roof over my head every day to make sure that my bills are taken care of. And I'm still doing what I love at the same time. If you want it bad enough, it's going to happen. Well, 
Thank you, Dave, for sharing your American English story with us. Thank you for listening to this episode of Another Fellow Patriot. Be sure to check the show notes for links to this week's guest. For more connection to the podcast, visit www.wethepeopleouramericanstory.com for social media links, patriotic merchandise, and to sign up for the We the People newsletter. And finally, be a voice, a strong voice, a voice for freedom. As Benjamin Franklin so eloquently stated, where liberty dwells, there is my country.